Hello and welcome to Saved by the 90s. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Ken Bakley. Hey, Ken. Hello. We're back again with another made-for-TV Christmas. How many years have we done this now? Is this the, f- the fifth? I believe this is the fifth. Yeah, fifth or, year yeah. Th- that we've fifth done year. it. And I'll be honest with you, it doesn't get old. Like, I just... Yeah, no. Every year, we come back and we talk about four made-for-TV Christmas movies that aired throughout the 90s. And, uh, that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cornucopia of mm-hmm. of film and it, it is it seems to be a never-ending supply so this you know we've done this for 12 or for five years now and that's uh 20 movies and uh you know they're they're, they're still pumping them out it's like we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel anymore no. like we're, we're not we're not there yet uh now no, it, now i mean like i guess it depends on what your definition of scraping the bottom of the barrel is. I mean, I think that maybe some it's of you that maybe happened the first year. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe some of you have thought that we were scraping the bottom of the barrel from the very beginning, which you know. I mean, yeah, I will say what's fun about trying to come up with a lineup is that uh, we'll be going through lists of these like made-for-TV Christmas movies from the '90s, and in my case, at least, I will be extremely close, like just, just like seconds away from putting it on the our Google spreadsheet for uh, with suggestions until I realize we've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because, but but it's like a different title now or something. Yeah, like and, and the thing is, this this happens every year with at least one or two movies where the titles of these movies are often so generic mm-hmm. that it's like really easy to forget forget them. And also the I think you'll you'll find that the the plots of these movies and again this is something that we've talked about before the plot it's all the same <laughs> it gets just all the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get into that as far as titles are concerned I don't think we have a problem forgetting that there's a movie called the Christmas box <laughs> yeah the Christmas box which they were you know like I didn't even need I didn't even need a synopsis for that one. You, you tell me there's a movie that came out in 1995 called The Christmas Box, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like, I need to know more about this box. This is uh, directed by Marcus Cole. I have a synopsis here. A ski shop owner reluctantly moves himself, his wife, and their daughter into an estate as live-in help for an elderly widow. While struggling to balance his career and family life, he has recurring dreams about an angel. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, we're ki- we're kicking things off with a bang here. I think that that maybe out of the four, this is probably the the goofiest one. It is. It's it's I- definitely the one that has the most surprises in it. It, it it has and it's the one with the as the title suggests it's the one not only with the wackiest title but also the worst title in terms of the fact that the christmas box in question is an element of the plot but not really the most important element of the plot it's a very small yeah. element uh so they they move into this house and they go, I guess they're like searching around and they, they go into the attic or something and they find the box and it's locked and we never see the box again until mm-hmm. I, I think it's like 50 minutes into the movie when mm-hmm. the husband has this like dream or something and then he hears the box and the box is suddenly unlocked and then there's these like uh, letters in in the box. So... Yeah, the box actually plays a very uh, almost insignificant role in the in the movie. Yeah. What? What? But but the thing is, you take away the box, the magical Christmas box with the angel dreams, and what you're left with is just a pretty standard, uh, fairly banal, you know, TV Christmas movie. So mm-hmm. it's like. The, the box and the, the supernatural element are what gives this a little bit of flavor in an otherwise fairly bland Christmas, Christmas uh, fairly poorly made Christmas movie. 
Yeah. Uh, still had fun. This? I still had fun with it yeah. though. Um, you know, the lady, the, all, you know, this of course follows all the classic tropes. The lady is this like kind of mean, like curmudgeonly. Played by um, Maureen O'Hara, by yeah, the way. Yeah. She's like <laughs> this kind of like miserly old woman who, you know, she's rich, but she's like, she's very uh, isolated. She doesn't, she doesn't seem to like people and she doesn't really warm up to the family right away. And she goes like every, every Tuesday, she, th- they, they see her getting in this taxi and, go- and going somewhere and they're like, wonder where she goes. And I, I said out loud when I saw that uh, mm-hmm. for the first time, she's going to a cemetery because there's no other yeah. place mm-hmm. that old people would go in these types of movies. So of course mm-hmm. she's going to a cemetery and yeah, uh, she was indeed going to a cemetery. Yeah. What's the strange thing about this movie or one of the strange things about this movie is how long it holds that reveal for like everything it wants you to know and everything it wants to tell you it does in about the last seven minutes. Yeah. But I mean, everything is so obvious too. Yes. It's just spinning its wheels. Like the, the whole, and, and it's also funny how it took Richard so long to figure out that like this this lady is clearly manipulating him to spend more time with his family because mm-hmm. when she was married before her husband passed away it was the same he was like this workaholic never mm-hmm. never spent time with the family and all of that stuff but he's such an idiot like he yes. he just couldn't he couldn't figure out that that's what was going on where she like mm-hmm. kept asking him to do things like get the Christmas tree and stuff, which also reminds me of the way the way that Maureen O'Hara says Christmas tree in this movie is very odd. It's she like she like puts a little pause behind Christmas, so she's like, "It's time to get a Christmas tree." <laughs> it's just very strange. Mm-hmm. The uh, the ski company that is that is taking so much of Richard's time. Is called the Ski Company. That's actually yes. the name of the company. Is the Ski Company real original there, Richard? And uh, they they're in the process of potentially opening a second store, I guess, somewhere, maybe in Park City or something. So that's that's why he's he's just like just working nonstop, man. Just just plugging away at it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it all just felt it just followed all the same kind of beats that you would expect. Um, at one point, the the lady, the uh, what's her name, uh, Mary uh, Mary Parkin, the mm-hmm. the lady, she gets sick. Of course, turns yes. out turns out she has a bad heart, mm-hmm. and she ends up in the hospital. And she's she's not going to make it. She's dying. No, mm-hmm. uh, somehow she looks healthier in those scenes when she's dying than the rest of the movie, which I thought was a little odd. Uh, There's some very uh, peculiar production choices she, here. She's with const- the makeup and the lighting. Yeah. She, like they, they use this, like when she's in the hospital, her hair, she, they put her hair down, but mm-hmm. she also has like full, she's like full hair and makeup in these mm-hmm. scenes when she's dying. And it's just, it did. It, it feels very odd that uh that they don't even make her look sick at all she looks a lot better she's glowing she's absolutely mm-hmm. glowing on her deathbed well, if there's a time to glow i guess yeah i guess that was like her her soul you yes. know the uh, i also like the whole angel mm-hmm. bit that, that that happens when you when you you know so it it turns out that the angel is uh is the lady's daughter and mm-hmm. and the daughter's like trying to teach her teach Richard uh, about the Christmas gift or whatever, which is her. She's the Christmas gift, I think. Mm-hmm. Or it was like G- supposed to be like Jesus was the Christmas mm-hmm. gift. So it gets this like uh, it gets pretty religious towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is kind of odd because it's not a very. It doesn't indicate it would. No, no. It, it's all pretty straightforward, very safe for for like 99% of it. And then at the very end, like you said, when they kind of like just dump all of the, you know, big revelations that everybody, you know, 
with a brain already figured out. Um, mm-hmm. it, they they do they get like super religious and yes. it's just it feels really strange. And then like all the supernatural stuff that gets tacked on there is also really goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's not only that, it's just the entire ending is so strange because it delivers all the information, it delivers all the messages it wants to give, and then it really, it jumps into a very, like, perfunctory, like, 45-second epilogue where it's like, yeah, they live in the house now, they uh, uh, in our house now, uh, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the lady, the lady that knew them for, like, two months donated her entire yes. state to this family. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah, that's it makes perfect sense. I was gonna, I just went on the Wikipedia page for the movie because I wanted to say the last seven out of however many minutes it is, but it doesn't say how long the movie is in the little sidebar. It just says running time minutes. <laughs> <laughs> According to IMDb, it's an hour and forty minutes. This uh, plausible. <laughs> this did win a. A primetime Emmy. Outstanding for... costuming. Outstanding costuming for a miniseries or a special. Costuming? Okay. What was... They just wore regular clothes. Yeah. What, what am I missing here? What was... What was... There wasn't anything... That really has me befuddled here. No, it, it, mm, yeah. that's really weird. That uh, that must have been a terrific uh, for your consideration campaign. I mean, wow! It also won Maybe. a 1995 Christopher Award. <laughs> what, what is a Christopher I, Award? I don't know. It'd be funny if it was just like a guy named Christopher and he just gave out awards every year. The Christopher Award. Uh, it is a uh, it is a uh, Christian organization, according to Wikipedia. Presented uh, quote: The Christopher Award is presented to the producers, directors, and writers of books, films, and television specials that quote within quote affirm the highest values of the human spirit. End quote. End quote. Oh God. Okay. So Gre- found- Greg yeah. Taylor won the yes. Christopher award for this. He's, he was one of the writers. He, he, okay. I didn't know who they gave it, gave it to. But yes, I, I assume I know, uh, what part of the movie clinched its Christopher award win. <laughs> the, the one, the one scene that, that like really made it pull a one eighty and turn it into like this faith based movie. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it, was, yeah. it was really just pretty much one line that that like mm-hmm. instantly made it pull that 180. It's pretty wild. Yes, yes. It's it's a fascinating movie in that it clearly had it wanted to tell you all of this from the beginning, but it reserves it all until the last seven out of blank minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's um, you know, what 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 else can you say? It's the Christmas box. It's a it's an okay movie that doesn't really get that weird outside of that. Uh, it's you know whatever. I think that the thing that I keep coming back to every year is that a lot of these movies are fine, but they're not meant to be watched. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I they're think not it... like you're not supposed to watch this actively. This is a thing you're supposed to do while it's something you're doing something else. It's like. It's like you sit down and you're like, oh, man, I could just watch a cheesy 90s Christmas movie. And then you just pick one at random and maybe it's the Christmas box. You don't you don't, the- you don't you don't pick the Christmas box. You you pick like what you're kind of looking for generally yeah. as like the vibe that you're looking for. And it yeah. might be the Christmas box. This is basically the equivalent of putting on like like it's like it's anything in the background, really. It's I don't know. The, like the ones that are just like the lo- the fire log or something, the Yule log. Yeah. Um, I I'm guessing that's maybe been a comparison that's made a lot for a lot of these. You know. Yeah, like you, films. yeah, you it's, just I guess yeah. You put on the Hallmark Channel, yeah. and it's just this running is, these nonstop. And the point is, it's like a part of the the the, the dressing for the 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 decoration for the for the season. Like I I've used I've said this before. 
it doesn't work if you actually watch it. It works if you have it on while you're like wrapping presents. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Another point I wanted to make, it was the one note I wrote down. Within the first 30 uh, within the first 30 60 seconds we get a 1995 laptop. Oh yeah. There's a there's a couple there's a couple movies that yeah. c- that contain some 90s laptops. I I noted I noted another appearance of it that we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. The next one we're going to be talking about is called Holiday Affair. Ooh, this one's a little this was a little spicier. Uh, mm. This is directed by Alan Meyerson. I have a. This did, this did not win a Christopher Award. No, this is. De- oh no, this is. This didn't <laughs> win a. Definitely did not. Uh, I have a synopsis here: A widow and her son on a trip to a Manhattan store find their lives changed forever when they meet sales clerk Steve. <laughs> Steve. Good old sales clerk Steve. Uh, this one I thought was uh, maybe the oddest of the bunch in that when you when you kind of break it down, when you break down Holiday Affair, um, even though it follows the same beats and tropes as like every other Christmas movie, there's like there's kind of this like. Mm, element of it that you're just like ah, this really shouldn't be happening like this is not actually good like <laughs> so b- basically you have uh like the synopsis says like you know you have this this woman who she yes she is a widow but she has a new uh boyfriend who will later in the movie become her fiance and this guy, Paul, he's like a great guy. Like he's just like a genuinely good guy. And he doesn't really do anything wrong. He's just, you know, he's just Paul. But then she meets the Steve guy who is, you know, he's uh he's like a he's like a real kind of sigma male type. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. We're de- we're dealing with like a sigma male kind of guy here. And uh, she, he just kind of, you know, sweeps her off her feet. And she she does cheat on Paul at one point. That hence the holiday affair. Mm. It's just kissing. It's nothing. You know, it's it's still we're still keeping <laughs> it PG here. I will say this is based on a 1949 film in which the uh in which that character is played by uh Robert Mitchum. You know, I I, I did see I, I wondered if this was a remake because I did see that the the uh the other one listed and I wondered if it was just the same title or if it was actually related. But Yeah, it's it's, it's a remake. Uh so you know, th- we've talked about ridiculous nonsensical love stories in the past during during these uh these holiday episodes but holy cow this one is probably the most ridiculous one like they literally know each other for a matter of hours and they're just like madly in love with each other Mm. like she's introduced as this kind of workaholic you know like like most of these movies she has this like overbearing boss but then but then that concept is completely abandoned. Like it, it's it's brought up at the beginning and you're just like, "Oh man, she's going to have to be doing this like work-life balance stuff and be there for her kid." But nah, like it, they don't go there with it. They just kind of get rid of that idea altogether. Mm-hmm. She is a widow. Her previous husband uh was a doctor, and I think they refer to him as the do- a doctor husband by the way, at some point in this, uh, he dies in a house fire rescuing children because of course he did. Um, the, the, the thing that gets that, that, uh, that she ends up meeting Steve over is a, a Lionel train set. So she works for this like advertising agency or marketing company or whatever, they want to do a photo shoot, so they need a train set for the photo shoot. She is like in a big hurry. She goes to the store. She buys the train set from Steve, and the train set costs fourteen hundred dollars in nineteen ninety six. Now, 
when they revealed that cost, I was, I was flabbergasted. I was yeah, like, I don't know a lot about train sets, but I was like, no, I don't, I don't either. I don't either. So I did some digging and I found the 1996 Lionel train catalog mm-hmm. and it happened to have that exact train in it that was in the movie, uh-huh. which was the Amtrak kit, the full mm-hmm. kit, including mm-hmm. the train, the tracks, the, the control thing, all of it, $300. Well, maybe in the movie, it's a special edition that also comes with an envelope of $900 in cash <laughs> or something. Wait, what was the cost? It was $1,400. Sorry, $1,100 in cash. <laughs> yeah. I, so so yeah they I mean I, they clearly needed to like mark the price way up to make it like a, a bigger deal uh, because like the whole thing was the store didn't allow returns and when she took it back she put it on her own credit card like a fool because she was in such a hurry and then when she went to return it um she or maybe maybe it was a work card I don't know but. Either way, uh, she she took it back to return it. They gave her a hard time, and then Steve, uh, I guess, actually did it did do a return for her, and then immediately got fired. Mm. And then, like, I don't know if it was the same day. I, I think it might have been the same day where he was just like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go live in Virginia with like my brother or something," and like, I don't know what he was gonna do, build houses or something. Really strange, really odd. The the things that everything moves so fast in this movie because it just feels like they're trying to cram this whole relationship into a very short amount of time. Like, mm. they, they like there's this one scene when Steve is over at their house and he's looking at pictures and he goes. I wonder what happened to that girl in the picture. And it's like, dude, you've known this lady for like one hour. What, what are you, what are you saying? He's like, you, 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 you were such a, you were such a happy go lucky free spirit. What happened? (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. This one, this one is, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, there's a lot of, unintentional comedy in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you, what, what did you think of holiday affair? I, I it felt like nothing. <laughs> to me. It, it, this was not the one that just struck me as the most unhinged. Uh, that'll come up in a minute. Just, just in terms of just the, the sheer bizarre nature of it. I, I just feel like it's, I wanted to watch the 1949 version, but I didn't have enough time. Um, everything that I've read suggests that it's just the same movie. Is <laughs> like this movie added nothing to to the discourse of. It looks like the only difference I can see is that you know the original's from 1949, and so the uh, main character is played by Janet Lee, and the original film is widowed uh, because her husband died in the war. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I, the characters' names are slightly different. Um, but it doesn't look like any. It doesn't look like this movie added the 1996 version added anything to it. There's this that same scene when the Steve guy comes over to their house, and at one point the the woman goes, "Steve, you've never been one at a loss for words or something like that," and it's like, "What? How? You've known him for two hours. What do you mean he's never been one?" for a loss of for words like and then he proposes he proposes to her like the next day which is insane and then steve also gets the kid the train set not sure how that how he finagled that i don't know if he just like stole it or i don't know what but then like when he leaves steve says that he when he's talking about the kid he's like i'll never forget him and it's like, what are you, what, dude? You've literally known that this woman and her son for one day, and you're telling me that you're never gonna forget this kid. Mm. Uh, also, also, when 
he's trying to convince Jody to marry him. He says at one point, time runs out, Jody. You know that better than any of us. And it's like, damn, Steve, maybe that's not a good idea to like remind her of her dead husband when you're trying to propose to her. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's just it's not very good. I, I didn't I didn't really like any of the characters in this one. I, I hated Steve. I just hated him so much. Really, this is a movie about Paul and it's a tra- it's a, just a tragedy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It it's not really about anything after a point. <laughs> no, it's it it's not. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add about this one. It's just yeah, it's meh. Mm-hmm. That's holiday affair. Next up, we're talking about I'll be home for Christmas. Uh, now this isn't to be confused with the. 1998 version starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Biel. And nor is it to be confused with the 2016 version or the 1988 version, or the 2006 version or the, mm-hmm. or the 1993 short film or the 2017 short film or the 2017 made for TV movie. You get the point. There's more. Yeah. There's more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is directed by Jerry London. I have a synopsis here. A uh, veteran and part-time mayor, Sarah, heads a town council desperate to find a doctor to keep open the small town's clinic. They fear, rightly, that <laughs> that family after family will move away and the town will disappear. Their hopes are raised when Bob announces his widower son, Michael, the surgeon and granddaughter, the surgeon and granddaughter are going to visit for the first time in years for the Xmas holiday. The, the mayor's attempt to recruit Michael is complicated by their history, their high school romance and his secret shame that he has lost his confidence in his surgical skills to the point that his big city hospital is kicking him upstairs to an administrative position. All right. Exactly. Uh, that's that's uh, that's the the movie right there. The only thing that it's missing is uh, the resolution that is exactly what you would expect it to be, where he um, he ends up taking the job at the local hospital. End of movie. Um. Yeah, this is uh, this is one that's like I kept having to look up the title because it's like so. It's just so generic, you know, it's just you, well, your classic. I didn't, have a problem. I, I didn't have a problem with the title because of how generic it was. I was like, this is the one where we're going to, ha- I, I, I thought the same thing. We're going to have to like go through a run of not to be confused with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the movie that I secretly think is the craziest one out of all of them. First of all, the, the town that it's set in is called St. Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second of all, that that's not even the start of. Uh, I, there's something about these made-for-TV Christmas movies that seems to make actors and filmmakers forget like how human behavior works, <laughs> because no one reacts to anything that happens in this movie like a person has ever reacted to anything. I, I like at the beginning when they're having their little uh, like town meeting about the doctor and the one guy says that maybe maybe we're not getting a doctor because we have a woman mayor <laughs> I thought that was so funny and and really like I think that it exposes I mean I think we've talked about this before the the kind of uh, conservative values and themes that are sort of packed into these movies so many of them and uh, I think that this is Yet this is another one. Maybe maybe these four that we're covering this year have more of those kind of conservative values baked into them than than previous years. But I, I've I've been I, like this year more than others. I was more cognizant of the kind of traditional family values type of rhetoric that's that's kind of always an undercurrent in these things. And even when they're trying to be progressive, they're not. They're not really being 
that way. Like the the fact that they're like pointing out, oh, we got a woman sheriff, we got a woman mayor. Like that's not the fact that you're pointing it out is doing the opposite of what you think it's doing. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so the first weird thing that I noticed about this was when uh, when Robert Hayes and his daughter end up when when they go to visit their their hometown, uh, they pull up. All the windows in the car are down for some reason. And it's like snowing out. It's it's cold, you know, it's cold winter. Uh, I think this is like in Minnesota or something, so it's like, you know, it's it's very cold there. All the windows are down and he gets out and he's like talking to his dad and stuff and they he leaves the daughter in the car. And she's just playing on her laptop. 1997 laptop. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um I haven't seen too many movies with Robert Hayes and I just kept thinking about airplane the whole time. Like I was I was just waiting for some kind of goof to happen. Like I I, I was kind of expecting because this movie just feels so stupid that that I was expecting the whole thing to just be a parody. Mm. <laughs> and and I was waiting for some kind of airplane gag to to occur, but sadly it didn't. Hmm. So, uh, so he's a doctor, obviously, and and the, everybody in the town is is like they want to try to convince him to stay, but they don't want to like just straight up ask him because they think that'll scare him away or whatever. So, you know, they're they're, they're trying to wine and dine him basically, and and uh, the 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 mayor slash vet uh, played by Angelian, um, you know she 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 like takes him to this uh, bar at like it's like two in the afternoon and it's like a packed bar mm-hmm. and and it's but it's also like a buffet so it's like a it's like a honky tonk but it's got a buffet in it and uh, they get these like giant plates of food. But neither of them take a single bite. I don't know if you've noticed that. Neither of them <laughs> took one bite of food, and and they just get up and start dancing. It's it's great. It's great. Uh, great great direction. It's it's interesting because like the the couple, the love the, the love interest in, in this movie, you would just never see people like like that. Like I I don't want to sound you know, shallow or callous or anything, but they're older and you just, you wouldn't expect to see the two leads to be like these actors nowadays. It just, it felt a little just different, you know, <laughs> like the nineties was just a different time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jack Palance is in this is the, the grandfather very menacing role for him. I, I know that he was supposed to be like kind of a doting, loving, fun grandpa, but he wasn't like, I just got very menacing vibes from him. There's this one scene where he's like whittling at the kitchen table and he's whittling all day and all night. Like they cut, they cut back to him and it's like nighttime. Like he's there in the morning. Then they cut back to him and it's like nighttime and he's almost done making some kind of weird figurine. And it's like that dude's been sitting at that kitchen table with that piece of wood and a knife, like all day, just whittling. That's there's something about it. That's almost aspirational. Like today, the like, dedication that he has. Yeah. I, like I think our attention spans collectively have just been so destroyed that I don't think anyone could do that. Now. No. Yeah. Um, the daughter, Played by Ashley Gorel. Uh she at one point she says she tells her grandpa that 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 he that he used to scare her. And I'm like, you know what? I I would also be scared. Like this dude, like he's nice and everything, but just his his aura, man. Just a very gruff aura that he's mm. that he's given off. 
I I, I kind of liked the, the character. I, I, I no, I like. To be clear, I did like. I liked him <laughs> in this. I like Jack. I think Jack Palance is great too. This he was he he seemed so old in this too, and you know, of course, uh, there's like a health scare that he has at one point, yes. and uh, you know that's that's ultimately what brings this uh, the the guy Mike back into mm-hmm. back into his hometown makes him realize mm-hmm. that it's uh that, that it's all about you know the ones you love and whatever yeah he's gotta gotta learn that uh i want to also uh point out for the record uh this is the second uh made for tv christmas movie we've discussed starring robert hayes uh, christmas every day also did oh i don't remember which one that was <laughs> I remember, I, I remember that one. That was one of the first ones we did. I think it was uh, the one where the, Whoa, the kid, yeah. the kid wishes that it was Christmas every day, and so it was like a Groundhog Day type thing. Oh right. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I remember that now. That was a classic. That's a that's a Christmas classic. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we could bring that back. I think that uh, as far as TV Christmas tropes, this has. Maybe every single one. Like I was thinking to myself, you could easily make a like a bingo game out of TV Christmas movies. You have a, a main character who's still struggling after a loss. You have a snowed-in scene. Your classic, you know, cu- awkward love interests who get snowed in and you know fall in love or re-fall in love or rekindle a relationship or whatever. You have a plucky kid. You have a wise old person. You have visiting a small town from a big city, but only for a short time. You have, uh, I guess that's all I could think of right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's, there's some really important, the, the, the text here is, it really sets uh, a lot of following made for TV Christmas films. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I had fun with it. I mean, it's 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 hor- it's horrendous. Like it's really no, bad, it, but it's incomprehensible. I, but I I still thought it was really funny, uh, and enjoyed it. Yeah, overall, um, yeah, I like, I like Jack Palance. Yeah, <laughs> did he get it? I, they, th- this is this is the perfect kind of thing, especially I think at this point in in history. Um, if I mean, if they were giving Emmys to the Christmas box, th- they should have made an effort to get Jack Palance an Emmy nomination for for this <laughs> in the movie or miniseries category. I hope they did. I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah, and Emmy Award winner Jack Palance. Hmm. I'm not seeing anything here, no. so somebody failed. The crazy the crazy thing is he. He continued making movies for like almost ten years after this. Yeah, he died in two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, yeah. What a what a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's I'll be home for Christmas. If you're looking for all of the all of the holiday tropes, you you look no further than I'll be home for Christmas. Alternately, uh, this did uh, remind me, just going through all the a bunch of Christmas music lately, uh, a recommendation for you, uh, everyone listening, Al Green's uh, cover of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Excellent. Huh. I don't know. I'm sure I've heard that, but I can't think of it I, off the I, top of my head. Yeah, I, I'd heard it a lot. Um, maybe in the in the past, I, I think I'd, I'd heard it more, and then I hadn't heard it for a while, and then again... Very recently, the one the 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 one album that we uh, that I always listened to as a kid was the Amy Grant Christmas mm. album. That's so that's that's mm. what I would recommend the Amy Grant Christmas album. Uh, which one is that? Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out which uh the, the, which when that was, and then now I see that apparently uh according to this. Amy Grant discography page. There were there have been five Amy Grant Christmas albums. This is probably the first one that I'm thinking of. I would imagine it's got to be like the first one that she did because I was very young when 
Yeah, the first one was actually 83, the year you were born. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was newer than that then. <laughs> uh, okay, then there was one in 92. There's also one uh, he did with uh, Art Garfunkel. No, I'm not. Th- that's not the one. Okay, I bet. So I bet it was the ninety-two. Ninety-two. It looks like this one was the uh, was the biggest uh, biggest hit out of all of them. Three uh, triple platinum. Yeah, that, that one's got grown up Christmas list on it. You hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 That's the album. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Grown up Christmas list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goofy. All <laughs> right. Uh, our final film this month is one special night which is said in the movie by the way and i i loved i yes. cheered i cheered when julie andrews said oh it's been one special night and i'm like because she it was it almost as if it was almost as if she looked at the camera when she said it too it was, it was <laughs> directly to camera it, it, was, it was incredible uh mm-hmm. so this is directed by roger young i have a synopsis here Two strangers take refuge in a small cabin during a stormy winter night, and despite their differences, or perhaps because of them, they are undeniably drawn to one another in this holiday classic. <laughs> is it? Is it a holiday classic? Is this? Is no. this like? Is this like up there with a Christmas story and and like Elf now and It's a Wonderful yeah. Life? Like like and like I've just been somehow avoiding one special night my entire life like every everybody everybody knows about one special night except me (laughs) you know it used to be a classic for me but now isn't the polar express Uh, i used to really like that because i saw when i was a kid and i was like and eventually uh, not even eventually it just happened one day i finally understood why everyone else can't hates it like the visuals oh, it God, just all yeah. clicked for me one day like that last wisp of childhood nostalgia vanished and i was just looking at it and i thought i i literally can't watch this anymore. this movie's horrifying <laughs> yeah it just all snapped into play i don't know does anyone else have an experience like this i feel like this is like a shared uh trauma for people of my generation to suddenly realize that the polar express is not for them please uh, uh write in or maybe i've just totally lost it no i i i bet i bet you're right on that i was too i like that was i i I don't i think i saw that movie i didn't see it in the theater or anything i'm pretty sure i saw it um but i was just too old like i wasn't i really wasn't uh into it when it came out yeah you have to see this at the exact you have to see this quite young for it to ever yeah i think and now i I just looking at like one day a few years ago and i can't I have to stop watching this and I can't look at it again. <laughs> this is this is complete nightmare fuel at this point. Yeah. <laughs> no, one special night is not a Christmas classic. <sighs> well, we need to make but, it one. Yes, and I kind of mean that seriously. <laughs> so, this as I mentioned, this stars Julie Andrews and James Garner as the uh the couple in question here. This is a, such a this is this this is a bad movie that is very very well acted. It is um, the the kind of banter between James Garner and Julie Andrews is it's it's nice like it, it's mm-hmm. it's good it's funny it's and by good I mean like it's not very well written but the way that it's delivered is is well done and I thought it was funny uh, maybe. A lot of it, again, unintentional comedy here, uh, but but still, I still laughed at quite a few bits of it. There are multiple jokes in here about James Garner being a murderer, and I just thought that that was so interesting. So, like, first of all, James Garner's uh, wife is in; she's in a she's in a, a hospice facility. She has Alzheimer's, I think. Um, and she's she's had multiple heart attacks and she's just very ill she's not in good health and there's a scene when he goes to see her and she immediately says that he's trying to kill her and and so that's the first thing and then when that happens at the beginning of the movie i'm thinking to myself like what if he is actually trying to kill her like what what a twist that would be for this movie and then there is another joke when he first meets julie andrews where he 
uh, I can't remember what it was specifically, but he just like alludes to being a killer, like just killing her. And then later again, uh, Julie Andrews, once they get to the cabin, she's like, oh, I'm going to take a, take a shower and, and get out of these, these wet clothes or whatever. Oh, and, and James, yeah, what a thing for him to say. Yeah. And, ja- and James Garner just goes, did you ever see the movie psycho? <laughs> it's just like, Whoa, like you, you two don't even know each other, man. Like just be cool. It's really frightening. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the way that the two of them meet. So, so Julie Andrews character names, Catherine, she, is also at the at the home, the hot the hospice center, and her husband was there. He passed away, but she still goes there and hangs out in his in his room, you know, just thinking about him and and just kind of just spending time there. And um, the way that they meet is that that James Garner's character Robert he is he has like flowers and he's looking for a vase, and he just walks into the room, and it's like, who would do that? You're in a nursing home and you just like walk into somebody's room looking for a vase. Like that's their apartment, you know, like that's their, that's where they live. Why would you walk in there? It wasn't like a common area. It was like a, it was like an actual where somebody might live. It's just a, it was like a, it's just lazy. You know, it was just like a, just another one of those like lazy writing things that happens with these movies. Um, so so yeah, basically this they're they're both at this hospice center. Storms coming hard, you know. Uh, they the he can't get a ride home. Uh, all the taxis and stuff are like, no, no, no. It's it's just it's too crazy outside. So most of this takes place on Thanksgiving. This is more. This is arguably more of a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, I mean it it, it is. It, but also like it has. It definitely has the Christmas vibes and stuff, and and, and it does it, end at Christmas. It, so. it ends at Christmas, but like, yeah, it, it it mostly takes place over Thanksgiving. So, uh, so Julie Andrews is like, I'll give you a ride, um, and then they get into a little bit of a they they kind of skid off the road, and the car gets stuck in the snow, so they have to leave the car, and they end up finding this this cabin, and and that's how they end up in their little in, in having their moment. Um, I, I like how they just take ownership of the house. Like they, they break in, they just like start a fire. They're like eating their food. They're like cooking. <laughs> they're, they're just like wearing their robes, showering. Like they're, they're just like straight up living mm-hmm. in this house <laughs> for a night, uh, which was a little, little odd uh and i also liked uh james garner's like constant uh casual misogyny that he has in this movie mm-hmm. i think it's pretty it was pretty funny you know because he's like a traditional guy right he's like a tra- he's like a traditional family man he's like a man's man and then julie andrews is this assertive female doctor she's a female doctor mm-hmm. and so they're they're kind of at odds with each other, and he goes, "Damn, you're competitive for a woman." <laughs> yeah, for him, character development is when he becomes m- marginally embarrassed when he says something like that over the course of the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eventually, he becomes marginally embarrassed when he says things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean it's it's truly an opposites attract situation here. It, the the one thing that I wrote down for this movie was these are actors who are unquestionably the, the, the like this material is unquestionably nowhere near what what they what they could have they can do but but to their potential but they commit to it and they kind of make it work. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They're two great actors, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. so, so they're, they're gonna, they're gonna make it work. Um, yeah, and, and this is the kind of material where at its worst, it doesn't feel like it was written for actors. Yeah. <laughs> or written. <laughs> or written. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they just kind of told James Garner, they were just like, you know what? We just need you to be this kind of like 
male chauvinist type. And then, like, they just told Julie Andrews to react to it. And that's pretty much it. Either way, yeah. uh, I, I mean, both characters were, were pretty likable. Like, I'm kind of making James Garner's character out to be kind of a, you know, uh, not not a great guy. But he, he was fine. You know, he's just like one of these old kind of classic classic guys who is kind of stuck stuck in the traditional ways uh i don't think he you know he doesn't he doesn't mean any harm by things he says no No. uh i'm I'm also learning here that it that this uh film was apparently adapted from a play and i can absolutely see that oh my god yeah in fact i can actually now perfectly imagine what was added for the tv adaptation (laughs) yeah i mean like if i yeah. Most of the movie takes place in this cabin with the two of them just chatting. Um and then you have the, you know, periodic cutaways of the family trying to find Yeah, the, the, there there yeah, there's these running uh uh sub uh subplot involving uh James Garner's character's uh family and and the many uh, challenges that they're having, not only related to this, but even afterwards, the, which the is ridiculous, by the way. Like, is, yeah, <laughs> it's that all of that stuff. You know that all that stuff had to be tacked on from from the from the play. Like, there's just yeah, there's the, there's no way. Like the whole like so like his one daughter is pregnant. She's like seven months pregnant or something. But like, I guess she's separated from her husband, maybe or yeah. Because oh, it oh, seemed it seemed like he because he because at one point he mentions he's like I'll take I'll take uh they have a they have another son and they're like I'll I'll t-, he's like I'll take him to my house so just, I I kind of took that as like maybe he was they were they were separated maybe well yeah they have that big uh, conversation. Uh, where the uh, the film finally gets to the point where it tells you everything that's going on uh, after just sort of dancing around it. Uh, although it, yeah, yeah, they're, they're separated and it's he, because... Uh, he cheated yeah. on her, yeah. Yes. Which is funny because, so the end of the movie is, uh, you know, she, she goes into labor early, like three weeks early or something, and... Um, you know, it's it's kind of an emergency C-section type of situation. And like, of course, you know, Julie Andrews being the female doctor, um, they have to they, they, they James Garner brings her in to to help with the, the procedure. And um, at, during that time, while they're performing a C-section, the, the husband comes in and he goes, you have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. And she's like. All right, I forgive you, and and then they they lived happily ever after after that, and that was yes. it. Like the 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 guy, the husband was such a jerk. He was such an awful person, and the fact that she just the fact that he accosted her or confronted her while they were performing a C section and put her in a position where. She she had to she had to be like okay yeah I forgive you, <laughs> again while they were performing a C section, like like that's just how like uh, uh, delusional this guy was. Mm. Like now's not the time to be discussing your stupid relationship that you messed up by mm-hmm. having an affair. Like, it, but but at the end of the day, like all of that stuff, like all of it felt completely extraneous like none of it because it was not really uh explored at all i mean like like you said there was like one conversation and then a couple other things here and there that alluded to the fact that they were having marital problems Mm -hmm. but just like you could have removed that whole thing with, I, with I, I suspect it was added, so it could have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just uh, felt so weird um, in a movie that I think I think the movie itself had enough conflict in it. Like without yeah. that, I, like I don't know if that's why they added it because they needed to like 
they felt that like they needed to raise the stakes or add additional conflict. But like I feel, yeah, I think they just felt that once again, this is purely speculative. I do not know anything about this play. I suspect it was just like the network. I think it was CBS just going, "We need another location." <laughs> could be, but I mean, like you could still have her, you know, have the baby at the end and use that as a as an excuse to get the two of them back together. Like you could you could definitely do that. But I mean, like. I just feel like the whole affair thing was so because you also have this little plot with the the younger daughter who is like she's kind of like the wild child. She's off in like New York and stuff. And and um, do they ever say where this movie is set? It doesn't matter. But do they? I don't I don't know. I at least somewhere where it snows a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. You know, small town USA, like all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know why I just thought that, but it's it. They're always set in small towns, but also within a few hours of like a big kind of uh, metropolitan area. So this might have yes. been in like upstate New York or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So you had like the the younger daughter too, who was like going through her own stuff, you know, trying to find herself, be an artist, and all of that. But she was getting you know, kind of ostracized in the family because she wasn't there for their, their mom, uh, you know, when she was in hospice and stuff. And then, and then the mom dies. <laughs> she just, she passes away. So I feel like that there's plenty going on here as far as like conflict. So I, I don't think it's necessary to, to put in the stuff with the husband and all of that. Like, I, I, I don't know. Once again, like I said, I have no idea what was added and what wasn't added, but so much of that definitely just feels like we just need to keep adding like things to this so it doesn't feel like a filmed play. Yeah, which is weird because if you think about what the bulk of this is, which is, was likely, you know, the, the play, like all mm-hmm. that stuff's fine. You know, there's just like two, you know, two, two really good actors having a having one special moment together you know over the over the holiday across one special night yeah but then like you have all this extra stuff added that 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 i feel like just didn't didn't necessarily work um uh i think all four movies maybe maybe not all four but maybe (laughs) i think all at least three, possibly all four movies we've reviewed uh, this month were shot in Canada. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I, I bet almost all of the movies that we've talked about on this, uh, on this show uh, for, the Christmas, for the Christmas episodes, I bet like 90% of them were shot in Canada. Yeah, I, I was just seeing that looking through some of the production information. Uh, One Special Night was shot in Canada. I think I'll be home for Christmas was, I think I remember seeing that's uh, when I looked, what was it? Okay. And then there was uh holiday. Also affair. all four movies involve widows or widowers. Yes. I noticed <laughs> that too. Uh, this one. Okay. So holiday, they aren't holiday affairs. IMDb isn't telling me where it was shot. Uh, and okay. The Christmas box was filmed in, the in 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 uh los angeles it looks like mm. yeah i th- okay so at least two possibly three <laughs> yeah yeah all right so i think that's gonna wrap up another another holiday season i i i once again like the all four of these movies were bad uh and yet i had such an amazing time with with all four of them just one special night might be, I think, I can't remember all 20 we've done at this point, uh, might be the best one <laughs> from a certain mm. like quality standpoint. I, like, it just, when it's just like, uh, I think just because we get, you know, uh, Julie Andrews and uh, James Garner <laughs> for large chunks of it, just in a room together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not I'd, the have most to, fun. I'd have to go through. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not the most fun. I, I'm trying to think of like, is it the most like well made? Is it the most coherent yeah. out of all of them? I'm trying to think of like other ones that. I mean, most of them are pretty unhinged. Like most yeah. of them have at least one or two things in them that that like, <laughs> you just think like, okay, this has gone off the rails. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this one doesn't have S. One special night does not have S Club Seven in it, so you know that's <laughs> definitely a, a knock against it. <laughs> what the end? So the movie, listeners, the movie ends. They go back to the cabin uh, again at Christmas, and then we find and. Uh, it turns out that's their cabin because he bought it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that's just where I guess they're going to live now. Uh, what if that, so it ends and they have Christmas together in that cabin. What if they just panned back and S Club 7 was there? <laughs> well, then then it would absolutely be the best one that we've covered on, on the show. L- listeners, if you don't... Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go back and listen to the episode where we talked about what was it called? I don't know. It was the one that was in the mall. I know that. The best store or. The, yeah, the... it was like the best store ever or something. It was like about the. <laughs> I about, think, I think. Yeah. It was about a family who lived in a, they were homeless and they <laughs> lived in a mall. <laughs> yeah. They lived in a department store. Uh, they lived in a, in a London department store. Uh, I don't know if they ever say which one it is. I think they do. I don't know. I think they do say which one it is. I can't remember. But anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, in that movie, S Club 7 just appears in the middle for like 20 minutes of an 80-minute movie for no reason at all. And I've never forgotten that. I've forgotten the title, obviously, but I've never forgotten that it's there. Uh, the greatest store in the world, by the way. Yeah, that's that's what it was. The greatest store in the world. I'd, um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, also... One last uh, point, I think, before we uh, before we sign off is um, the I'll be uh, is I want people to go on the IMDb page for I'll be home for Christmas 1997 and look at the DVD, look at the poster that the IMDb has on it because it has Robert Hayes, the ostensible main character in the movie, does not appear on it. What it does have is <laughs> Jack Palance as his father. Uh, Ashley Gorell as his daughter, like a, it's a publicity still of them, and then above it is a, a drawing of or a painting <laughs> of some kind of like a farmhouse covered with snow and a snowman and a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's the top half. That has nothing to do with the movie. What? It snows in the last scene of the movie. It can't. It's still not better than that one. I can, I, don't, I don't even remember the name there, of it. Nobody from the movie is on the cover. It, it was the one where it was like a dog. It was like a picture of a dog <laughs> with like a Christmas ball on it, <laughs> and it was like none of that has anything to do with, with with the movie at all. I just can't stop looking at the top half of this uh, poster. That just is. It's clearly just like a completely separate piece of artwork that they just got really cheap to put on it. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if it was that same movie with the dog, but it was like half of the cover was just advertising the fact that it, that the movie also comes with a CD of Christmas music. Yes, I think that was the same. <laughs> I, I think like half of our review was just looking at that. Oh, so good. Just, just these, the covers, the covers for these are always incredible i don't think there's a bad one like i think they're all just absolutely incredible do i want to say maybe someone will correct us if they can find it but is this the first time that we've done that that we've done four of these movies that appear to be known by no other title except the ones we've used oh um i think so yeah i mean like there's always one that has multiple names. Yeah, I I do not think I do not think any of these appear to be listed under any other title. I'll be home for Christmas this holiday season. They're getting the greatest gift of all. There well, was I- one where where we found out that on IMDb a movie we had done like last year had changed to a different title. And yeah, it was called like Holiday Inheritance or something. Yeah, that was so weird. But it was like, what was the title? It was like, not even like a real, it was like a fragment. It was like not even a, what was it? Inherit, Chris, not Christmas inheritance. Inheritance of Christmas. (laughs) Inheritance of Christmas from 1995. Which this is the one about the, 
about the mayor. This is not to be confused with the movie we've talked about this week about being the mayor of a small town at Christmas. Uh, this was a different one about being the mayor of a small town at Christmas. Uh, and uh, it was uh, Shelley Long and her father was Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was called A Different Kind of Christmas. I do, is the, which is a bad title, but it is still a better one for that movie than Inheritance Up Christmas. <laughs> I just love, I mean, clearly... Somebody changed that. And you know, on IMDb, when I was trying but, to find some some titles to add for consideration this month, I just saw Inheritance Up Christmas. And I almost just added it on the title alone before I dug a little further and I realized. Oh no, I mean I, if if it if it was something that we didn't already cover, we would hundred percent be covering Inheritance Up Christmas because what a title. I mean, that's maybe one of the best titles I've ever heard in my life. But I don't think it's real. I think somebody edited the IMDb page and just did it incorrectly. Because there's just no, I, there, there's no, that title is not anywhere else as far as I know. Like it's just, so I think that somebody edited that page on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Like there is a movie called Christmas Inheritance, but it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Actually, what is this? This. Yeah, but see, the problem is, like, I'm seeing another instance of it being listed as Inheritance Up Christmas, but I'm pretty sure that this is pulling from IMDb. So, because it was edited incorrectly on IMDb, now it's going to be pushed out to everywhere else as Inheritance Up Christmas. Listeners, if you go back and you find that we reviewed a movie called A Different Kind of Christmas, please don't be fooled. Uh, we would like to formally issue a correction. This is a movie that has always been called Inheritance Up Christmas. What I'm going to do, I'm not actually going to do this, but what I would like to do is because right now all of the posters, you know, on all the various platforms still say a different kind of Christmas. I want to go in and change them all to Inheritance (laughs) Up Christmas, and I will create my own Mandela effect with this. (laughs) Because... People will be like, I swear that movie was called A Different Kind of Christmas. And then everywhere no, you look I mean, online, it just says Inheritance Up Christmas. If you look at this poster, which has one still image from the movie at the bottom, and then Inheritance Up Christmas in the middle, and at the top, a completely unrelated uh, picture of a Christmas tree, you will see that it has always been called Inheritance Up Christmas. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> if I If I had more time in my life... I would I would in- endeavor to do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's going to be it for this month. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your 90s memories to 90s at filmpulse.net or by DMing us on Facebook or Twitter at 90s pod. Also, if you get a moment, please consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. Until next month, for Ken Bakley, my name's Adam Patterson. This has been Saved by the 90s. Bye, everyone. Bye.